God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, uh, you know, uh, it's nice to be back in studio. We've been gone for 10, 11 days. I want to thank my dad and Joanne uh, for hosting us down at their birthday uh, party. <laughs> we had a couple of birthday parties down in Myrtle Beach and had a really nice time. Our plane got delayed and couldn't land in in up north so we were stuck down there for a couple more days they kept us down there for a couple more days it was great got to spend a lot of time with family and that's always really really great so want to send a special thank you out to my dad and joanne to uh for being such great hosts and showing us such great hospitality um you know there's so much going on uh today uh Merrick, Merrick Garland is going to be uh, uh, before the committee, and there just seems to be, you know, a level of conflict of interest. Like everybody's sort of asking, why in the world um, would uh, there not be a special counsel for the investigation looking into Hunter Biden? And a lot of people need to address that question. That question needs to be answered. But uh, in the preparation for this show, you know, I was uh, running through a lot of different um, things that were happening over the weekend and uh, as part of my travels. And I was taking in information, you know, at the airports and on the planes and and, um, you know, so it's kind of hard to piecemeal it all together. But finally, last night, you know, I was making some notes and uh, I was uh, basically looking at what's happening with our Republican Party. And, you know, uh, Pence, for example, uh, CPAC is upon us. It's coming down. It's going to be in Florida. And that's the Conservative Political Action Committee. And that's uh, with Matt Schlapp. I don't like that Marjorie Taylor Greene was not invited. I don't like that at all. If you're going to, if you're going to uh, embrace uh, the warm embrace of Donald Trump to speak, 
Well, there's no bigger fan and no bigger supporter than people right here on the Scott Adams Show, number one. But no, Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's one of the best supporters of the president. Win, lose, or draw. When her back was against the wall. You know, I dare say even a lot of other politicians, you know, when their back's against the wall, they do mousy things. They they fold under pressure. And Marjorie Taylor Greene did not. I played those clips for you uh, about a week ago. And they were strong. It was a strong statement that she made in the, in, in the, uh, in the face of defeat, you know, where she was losing her committee assignments. And she still kept up the fight. And just today, you know, the last thing she tweeted, she tweeted, I retweeted it because I want to show her a lot of love. She said, reopen the schools, follow the science, not the big labor teacher union bosses. And they need to do that. You know, uh, we're going to talk about COVID and some other things today as well. But right now we're going to talk about CPAC and, uh, you know, what's happening within the conservative ranks. Uh, because, you know, we, we really need to pull together. This is Trump's party. Everybody knows it. Uh, the left and the globalists and the elites, you know, they want to even tear down President Trump's Wallman rink, the, the rink that Trump built, right, the ice rink. It's been such a pleasure for, during COVID And the draconian measures from Big Bird de Blasio, the mayor of New York City that ran that city into the ground, and their murderous governor, Governor Andrew Cuomo, who is being busted wide open right now for and exposed for the fraud that he is and for the criminal that he is. Shame on someone like Joe Biden, that nitwit, who basically tried to say that Andrew Cuomo was the gold standard. Now Jen Psaki's wondering how to spin that, you know, which is uh, absolutely crazy. In fact, let's let's take a listen to Jen Psaki trying to spin that, and then we'll take a look uh, at uh, Matt Gates as well. But here we go. All right, but Jen, my question was, does President Biden still believe that Andrew Cuomo is the gold standard, represents the gold standard on leadership during this pandemic? Just a yes or no. Does he well, John, the, the, the president, the, pre, the president, uh, well, it doesn't always have to be a yes or no answer. All right. But Jen, my question was, does President Biden still believe that Andrew Cuomo is the gold standard, represents the gold standard on leadership during this pandemic? Just a yes or no. Does he well, still John, the, the, the president, the, pre, the president, uh, well, it doesn't always have to be a yes or no answer. What kind of answer is that? That's a that's a bogus answer, folks. That's a person that's not serving the will of the American people. And then she also circled back again. Uh, Saki dodges questions on whether Biden still considers Como the gold standard. But then she also um, uh, backtracked on a lot of other things as well in that interview. Let's take a listen to this. This is, um, I think, the situation in New York. So this is CNN. CNN is covering for Fredo. Let's take a listen to this. This is Brian Stelter, the idiot. About our choices. 
Here's another headline, uh, Andrew. This is from uh, CNN this week. Governor Cuomo in New York saying he should have been more aggressive against COVID death misinformation. Uh, he's suggesting misinformation. He's kind of blaming the media for the newfound scrutiny about nursing home deaths. Do you think Cuomo has been given an easy, easy break by the media? And is that changing? I think the situation in New York is really complicated. Certainly, there are things to criticize about how the Cuomo administration handled data. But the heart of the matter goes back to last year when the state was asking nursing homes to take in patients, COVID patients, who were ready to be discharged from the hospital. Uh, we don't see hard evidence that that made a significant difference in COVID deaths. If you look at the statistics, New York is about having uh, the same numbers as other states around the country. And the issue was employees, workers in the nursing homes who didn't realize they were bringing COVID-19 into the nursing homes. So it's a really mm. complicated situation. There's not clear cut answers here. Mm. Uh, Daniel and Angie, thank you. OK, I'll accept that answer. Uh, no, I won't. Brian Stelter. But, you know, Fredo. Chris Como works for CNN, so you're going to get that kind of coverage from CNN, where they're going to just allow them to say that the numbers were relatively normal, whatever. No, 6,000 people died in nursing homes. And not only that, but it was the blue states that were outperforming the red states in terms of deaths, because they were counting every single person who died of a of a flu, a COVID patient. They were counting all kinds of things. People, people get hit, run over by a bus on their motor, motor moped were dying of COVID. People that would shoot themselves in the head would die of COVID. I mean, it was ridiculous the way they would count the numbers. And I know that they did that. They did that because they wanted the money that the hospitals were getting for the treatment of COVID. Not only was there money, but the higher the numbers, the more draconian the measures, the more they can control you. If there were flat, flat line numbers, if there was no one dying of this virus, which doesn't seem to be the case today, I mean, I don't, everybody I know that's gotten this has fared, I think they've had a worse time with the flu. <clears throat> In fact, with children, more children have died from the flu than are dying from COVID. Children. So when you take a look at all of that, you you, you got to say, okay, what's the, you know, if they, they were having a low flattened line number, then what would be the cause for concern? What would be the remedy for that solution? You know, where would the urgency be? in the eve of a of an election where you want everybody to wear a mask you don't want Trump to have his rallies you want to hurt Trump's economy global globally and domestically you want to um nix the Chinese trade deal phase 1 phase 2 phase 3 i mean folks we cannot forget what was going on at the time that this virus was released negligently or purposefully to the world by China. Like I said, I was sitting around a holiday table and everybody's talking about the different measures in their states and countries and things like that. It was a very international type of table and everybody's talking about their measures and what, what they're doing and 
how Trump's not doing such a great job because everybody at the table is a liberal, academic, or whatever have you. And they all sit around and they all talk about their responses and their reactions and how things are going. And I kind of like put a spoon on my glass. I'm like, ding, ding, ding. I'd like to say something. It's like I haven't, we've been talking a half hour about um, this COVID thing that I like to call the, you know, Wahoo Kung Flu, you know, virus. And I would like to just say that uh, not once have we mentioned the word China. Why not? Why are they getting away with not having a U.N. hearing that sanctions them? Why are they not being censured? Why are they not being sanctioned? Why are they not being um, thwarted? Why are they not being reprimanded on the world stage? Why are they being lifted up and rewarded for their negligence? And now you're starting to see these narratives about how, well, they don't really know where the virus came from. We don't really know for sure if it was Wuhan. Meanwhile, Wuhan is still getting taxpayer dollars from you, the working middle class. Yes, that's right. Until 2024, they're eligible for tax tax funding, taxpayer dollars from the United States of America in Wuhan. Apparently because they're doing such great work that, you know, the dividends from their research will, will benefit Americans. Is that how they're going to spin it? Benefit Americans? That place should be burnt to the ground and removed from the earth. It should be done. They should be closed down for what they've done. And China should have to foot the bill for the trillions of dollars that they cost the world economy. And they should not be lifted up and promoted on the world stage at the UN and in the World Health Organization and the World Economic Forum and the WTO, the World Trade Organization. They should not be considered a developing nation for the WTO, just like Trump said. But in in addition to that, they, they should... Biden shouldn't be engaged in the Paris Accord, which directly helps China. And that's another one. We have to pay out the nose right up front because China is considered a developing nation. I don't know where they're getting this data from. Trust the scientists, my foot. I, I I don't know what's going on there except to say that somehow... China is coerced. They've played hardball when everybody else was not paying attention. And that is that they now have the goods on American politicians. Just like Eric Swalwell is a great example. You know, and they'll finance campaigns. And they're working with George Soros, I'm sure. But they would send honey traps to get losers like Eric Swalwell, who cheats on his wife and violates the trust of his children and family, and cheats with this Asian woman. They get numb nuts like Diane Feinstein, whose ex-husband who passed away a long time ago was a pedophile, and 25 years serving her. 
she was compromised, and she has to kiss the ring of the Chinese. Otherwise, her career is over, and her family's ruined. And who, how many other untold politicians have sold out for personal gain and are now compromised, and they're propelled to places of power? They're not fired No, the reward is we're going to now donate to your campaign and you're going to win your election. Whether it be through rigging or you're using our software in in those Dominion systems and you're going to make it happen because if you don't, we're going to ruin you. See, it's coercion. So you're going to either push, push forward those machines and do what you need to do to gain power or we are going to ruin you. Once you lose that power, you're ruined. You'll end up in jail. You'll be done. And the, and the idea is, just like a mob boss or anything else, it's, it's you don't want to ruin the person. You want to actually propel them. You, the Part of the coercion is the reward of you're going to be rich. But so long as you're rich, you're going to do everything I say. Just like... Just like Obama said about his can- the candidates underneath him. Obama said, I would rather not be the guy standing up on stage under the spotlight. I would rather be the guy that pulls the string from behind the scenes, like a Roger Ailes, so to speak. Roger Ailes was the man behind the curtain at Fox News that made Fox News a winner. And he preferred to be there. He didn't want to have to put the makeup on every day and, you know, be under the lights. He wanted, he felt he could do more good from behind the scenes. And there's a lot of people like that, Uh, you know, and so I think that that's actually not a bad place to be. It's a very powerful place to be. Instead of impacting one, one screen, you can impact several screens you know, with several shows, you know, which is actually maybe the blessing in disguise for uh, Trump and what we're talking about at CPAC. Because when you go to CPAC, you got Trump speaking. They're they're kind of nixing Marjorie Taylor Greene. And uh, I don't like that. I think she's a rock star. And I think she, she should be propelled. And she should be one of the people that's a leader in our part in the, in the party, uh, the Republican Party. I think people like Ronna McDaniel should be booted and gone, and they should uh, actually go to the same well as the drink from the same well as the McCains and the and the Flakes and the Corkers and the Ryans, all those losers, rhinos. They're all rhinos. How about Mitt Romney, her uncle? All right. They need to get rid of all those people. But what's nice about the opportunity before us is that we can now, we've now know what we want. And we now can make that determination. We can have 100 Trumps. They don't all have to be blue suit, red tie, and blonde hair. But we could have 100 Trumps. And that's exactly what that, you know, the organization we've been talking about, MAGAPAC and, and Bugle Call, are all about. 
they're both working in tandem. But, you know, the idea is to perpetuate hundreds of Trumps, people that, like a Marjorie Taylor Greene, that, that support the Trump agenda, that even in her lowest moments fights for the Trump agenda, the America First policies, you know, that we all know and love. I don't need to rattle off the whole list right now, but that whole list of things that we take sacred, the whole Make America Great Again concept, we all understand it very well. I don't think Matt Schlapp understands it. I think he was a late bloomer. I remember in 2016 when Trump was coming on the world stage, on the on the American stage in politics, and there was going to be an ambush. We were there. Paul Preston was there. I was there. Um, we were all there. And I'm telling you, there was going to be an ambush against Trump, and he decided he was not going to speak. He was scheduled to speak, and then he said, no, I'm going to cancel that because that's a trap. And that, Matt Schlapp is just a, to me, he's a guy that actually doesn't have the vision. He just plays the Washingtonian politics. And I'm tired of that. I really am. And so they have this CPAC, but it's just all sugar-coated. It's not real. You know, it's missing a spine. And we need to take that back. We need grassroots. We need Mr. Smith goes to Washington. We need real honorable people that actually have had a day job, that actually have hired people, that have run a company, and that you understand what it's like in the Midwest to be a farmer or to be a businessman in the big city. We need all of those people to fill a wide, big tent. We need pragmatic people that are strong-minded and strong thinkers that, that play chess instead of checkers, that don't sell out, that are not doing it for the money, that are not in for personal gain, but they'll get the personal gain if they do right by the people. And we need that because, you you know, without personal gain, it's not sustainable either, right? So you get, you can't, you can't have it both ways. The idea, though, is we need to fight that good fight. You know, I was, um, I, I started following some new people, uh, new, new people, not nude people, new people. And um, on uh, social media, and they wrote, wrote some really wonderful things that inspired uh, me to to talk about them, and um, and so that there I am going to to be doing that. Uh, where it says uh, Breaking Nine Eleven says Justin Wuhan Institute of Virology eligible to receive a U.S. taxpayer funding uh, through twenty twenty four. I mentioned that, um, but I want to get to the point where I'm getting to the point where I. Uh, I'm going to pick up where I left off from the last show. And uh, Kevin Sorbo said, gas prices are shooting up faster than Biden vote count at 2 a.m. And Mike says, remember when Biden said after they stole Georgia, you were getting a $2,000 check and it never happened? (laughs) Right. 
And then Benny says, Benny Johnson says, Como lied, people died, pass it on. And and then here's one where uh, Fox News, uh, it was a picture of the Fox News screen. It says, Biden admin pushes Taliban pipeline deal after killing Keystone Project. That's what they're doing, right? They're sending our jobs overseas. They're giving them to developing nations. They're allowing the pollution to take place without any oversight or regulatory commitment to clean air or clean water. And yet, you know, when China does the pipeline, it's dirtier than when America does a pipeline. We have all kinds of precautions and we take climate seriously. In fact, when we pulled out of the Paris Accord, which Biden has put us back into, we were not only saving money, we were not footing the bill for other people's clean air and energy and, and water, um, but we were also uh, not taking a back seat to China in that deal. China benefits, other developing nations benefit, they get our fossil fuel jobs, uh, they, they, um, we end up paying the lion's share of the bill, the disproportionate amount of the bill where others get a delayed uh, payment payout where they don't have to pay until 2030 or 2050, but we have to pay right up front. And that's the, that those are some, the, some of the main problems with the Paris Accord. It was one of the dumbest deals uh, around, you know, and it hurts America. And guess who's footing the bill? The American middle-class taxpayer is footing that bill. They're footing the bill and they're paying it and they're under a lot of strain. Not only are they paying it, but they're losing, I would say, millions of jobs at some point over the course of a few years uh, in energy, in the energy sector. And you look at what's going on in Texas. There are They're picking and choosing uh, what communities get power and what, what communities don't. And I'm not sure what's going on in Texas, but it doesn't. It sounds to me like like some real oddities, you know, that are mis, some some corruptions going on there in some way. It sounds to me more like a liberal kind of concept than a conservative one. Yet Texas is a conservative state, but they're doing whatever they can to to turn Texas blue. Already immigrants are coming through the border and they're receiving them and they're processing them and they're bringing them in and turning them into voters. They need to fill up those voter rolls. You know, they just took off 177,000 voters off the Michigan voter rolls after they did the massive corruption to bury the hatchet and hide the data and basically try to make it uh, cover up the the fact that these non-voters voted. Well, they need to fill those uh, voids or they're going to lose in a landslide in the next election if we can just somehow get a handle on the machines, which we will. There's already upcoming SCOTUS cases that were from the two, two, February, two, uh, February 19, 2021 conference. That was the Michigan Supreme Court by Sidney Powell. There is the Georgia Supreme Court by Lynn Wood. Uh, there is the PA Supreme Court by Trump's team. And the Wisconsin Supreme Court 
by Trump's team. Now they're gonna. They didn't finish the conference that uh, last week. They're gonna come back on Tuesday uh, of the twenty sixth, I believe, uh, or no? They, well, no, I think it might be the twenty. It might be tomorrow. I'm not sure. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think it might be a week from the the nineteenth. So that 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 would make it a uh, yeah the twenty sixth. Yeah, February twenty sixth. That's what I did read. Yeah, that and that's what I'm reading right now. It says February twenty sixth. That's going to be when they finish up the the conference, and we'll see what happens there. So we'll see that, and then um, and we'll see. Uh, you know, the thing is, is that if they come to grips with that, like I said last week, it'll be interesting to see how Nancy Pelosi reacts to this. I guarantee you, she's going to be quiet about it. She's not going to talk about it. But she stands to benefit directly from that particular case. Because when you take a look at the um, Durham special counsel, yeah, it turns out Durham's a special counsel. So, you know, he can only be fired for uh, cause. Like he's got to do something egregious for Biden to be able to fire a special counsel who's looking into, you know, Russia. You collude, you know, the Russian hoax, Ukrainian, uh, the Ukrainian um, corruption, and potentially, I think he expanded to Hunter Biden. I'm not 100% sure, but if that's the case, uh, that will that will uh, directly impact Biden, but not Kamala Harris, and uh, that means that Kamala Harris would take Biden's place, and who knows what kind of vice president candidate she would select so that wouldn't help nancy pelosi but what would is if they get uh them take them both down and disqualify the the entire ticket for voter fraud that would put nancy uh, nancy pelosi into the white house so keep your eyes on nancy pelosi see how she reacts to to these things and we'll see what happens but um yeah so the other part is when you take a look at our response to COVID. Now, this is where I ran into some really interesting people and they were talking about it and they said, I, I don't know how many times I have to say this, uh, write this and report this. The Green New Deal, the corrupt elite re- uh, exporting your energy jobs to the second and third world while they get a cut of the profits. Uh Wake the fake up, <laughs> is what they said, right? So that was a report related to John Kerry's White House special envoy on climate. I wonder how much money uh, John Kerry's getting paid. I wonder how much money John Kerry's getting paid for these kickbacks and these deals that he's making. He's getting, he's staying at five star hotels, red carpet treatment. He's talking with diplomats from all over over the world, and he's making dreams come true for people in the globalist world and Brussels or wherever else, the United Nations, you know, the globalists. And they're in control now of energy, and they could distribute it to these third world countries, and they could do all the dirty jobs, and they can take the jobs away from our working middle class 
Now, there's another person named David Wolf that I started following, and he says, vitamin D, why politicians and doctors keep ignoring the medical research on vitamin D. It is probably not a good idea to write while in the grip of anger, but I'm struggling to suppress my emotions about a wasted year during which, uh, you know, there's been so much disinformation. So, you know, I've been on this kick, and I've been talking about our draconian measures because... Uh, we're 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 going to be playing some clips from Fauci, who says basically 2022, and they say trust the science, but the science also says good news. There's a woman from the Mayo Clinic, a doctor, that said that uh, that um, we could we could have full herd immunity in April. That's a couple of months, a couple of months away. But Biden and Fauci and these weirdos, these draconian, you know, pseudoscientists that have been in the wheels of government for 50 years, you know, and making patents. I mean, number one, if you're in the NIH for 50 years, you shouldn't even be allowed to make to get a patent on something that you're working on. Just like if I work in a corporate corporate corporation. Uh, I should not be allowed to to you know buy stocks that are in direct conflict or or create a conflict of interest. So there's another um, post we're here. I'm just kind of going up. Some of them may not be in the right order, but uh, never before has the leader of a free world been so cognitively compromised. They were talking about Joe Biden there, and. David Wolf says, has the 1988 economic Economist magazine prediction come true with regard to Bitcoin? That was another uh, story, another topic. We're, we're going to be talking about Bitcoin uh, in, the, in the days and weeks to come. Um, and this other uh, post I thought was pretty good. He says, you miss 100% of the shots the government won't let you take. Again, draconian measures, right? When the government denies you your right to build a pipeline or denies you your right to have meaningful employment or sends your jobs overseas or gets in the way of you uh, you know, taking care of your own self, your own self. You know, and by that I mean, you know, you should be able to determine whether you put a mask on or not. I liked what Julie, uh, one of the callers, said last week about, you know, a moist mask becomes sticky and these viruses stick to the mask more pro- pro- prominently than if it was uh, if you didn't have the mask on at all. So I don't know. I, I just think that um, I think that the mask is a breeding area. So is your home. It's a Petri dish. We've talked about all of these things. I want to also say uh, that, you know, the big issues we're facing today, COVID, how we get ourselves away from the uh, clutches of government and their, their control, because all we wanted them to do is leave us alone and allow us to work and allow us to take care of our family. And somehow they're telling us they want to take care of our family and they want to do it because they want to control us. Why? I, I have no idea why they would, why anybody would want to be in the business of controlling somebody else. 
is beyond me, but it, it has to do with power and it has to do with slaves. You know, and I was thinking about slaves. After all, it's Black History Month. And I was thinking about how the South is so red right now. And it's, it's kind of funny when you think about this whole thing that we're in, this whole surreal disbelief of what we find ourselves in together. I mean, we all are experiencing this together, aren't we? And it's, it's a really bizarre world that we're living in. I don't even talk about Biden because I don't even think Biden's my president. I don't trust him. I know, I know everything that's going to happen out of the Biden team is going to be disastrous for America. It's going to be America last policy. And that's all there is. It's, you, can get, you can bank on it. You don't need to analyze it. It's not, it's not rocket science. It's not super smart. Um, you don't need to think so hard and long about it. We know what they're going to be doing. We know it. We got to stop it at some point. But we got to keep our eye on the ball and figure out what's what. But I was thinking about the South, and I was thinking about how it used to be that, you know, like take a governor like George Wallace from Alabama who stood in the doorway and didn't allow those two black girls to go to the school. I think it was Birmingham. Not sure about the city, but, you know, these two girls couldn't go to that, you know, school to um, integrate. And it was this Democrat, George Wallace, who ended up getting shot and he ran for president. You know, he's got a long, interesting history. George Wallace, racist, right? Or the last sitting senator um, that was a Ku Klux Klan member and a Grand Wizard was Robert Byrd from West Virginia, a Democrat, right? Democrat leader, a hero to Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton. Uh, literally a hero, a mentor is what Hillary called him. You know, a lion of the Senate. That's what they used to call him. He was a Democrat. Ku Klux Klan Grand Wizard. Well, there's a reason why it is that the Democrats that reigned supreme in the South and used to actually, you know, uh, wield, wield their iron fist and have segregation and treat, you know, and the Green Book, right? And all these different things, all these racist, intolerant, racist things that the Democrats down there did. And what happened? What was the result of that? Think about it. All those states are ruby red now. South Carolina is red. Nor, you know, uh, Georgia is red. I don't care what Stacey Abrams says. Florida is red. Uh, let's see. Mississippi, Alabama, Arkansas. Red, red, red. Texas is red. Louisiana is red. It's corrupt, but it's red. And you can go on and on. All these states that were riddled with racism, Alabama and Mississippi come to mind. And they're as red as red can be. And they are as free as free can be. They don't have racism. Uh, well, every, every place in, in, on earth has racism. But they're, they corrected those problems from the 50s and 60s. And naturally, they evolved to be red. 
in the cities where black people are treated so poorly and so impoverished and have the highest crime, the hundred, highest death by gunshot, <clears throat> the highest drug addiction, the highest uh, uh, percentage of single-parent homes, are all now up north in Detroit and Baltimore and Philadelphia and all over the... And they're run by who? Well, who are they? I can't hear you. They're run by Democrats. That's right. Who ran those cities into the ground. And we're not supposed to look at statistics? Trust the science, they say. Well, that is science. And I'm telling you that what is happening today with these draconian measures is nothing but typical Democrat politics, typical intolerance, typical draconian measures, typical socialism, Marxism, communism, theories perpetuated upon people. This whole globalist movement is a bunch of white elites and they are as racist as you could possibly imagine. And they want to control developing nations. And they, they say it in the name of helping, just like pedophiles, like that Sandusky guy up in the Penn State area. Remember him? He had that second act or second chance organization. It seems like a lot of these organizations that actually set up these preschools and all these different things are the pedophiles themselves. They, they, they actually create a business that is like a magnet to the victims that they seek. And they try to tell you that they're going to help you, but they're really going to hurt you. And that's what the Democrat parties have been doing. And it's only the dumb Democrats that actually support these people. It's the ignorant Democrats that actually vote for these people. There's been plenty of Democrats like Vernon Jones, a black man from Georgia that left the Democrat Party in plantation and have come over to the uh, conservative side. But it's those dumb, ignorant Democrats that continue to listen to people like Jonathan Gruber that says we needed to depend on the stupidity of the liberal voter in order to get Obamacare passed. That's why we tortured and made it so difficult. Uh, or Nancy Pelosi says you need to pass it before you can see what's in it. Right? And it's a dumb Democrat that would actually vote for that. Right? It's not the Republicans that are dumb. It's the Democrats that are. And I shame on them because they're ruining our country by their weak-minded uh, presence and their, their um, aptitude for being conned. I mean, how can anyone look at Joe Biden with a straight face and say that that man is fit for office? Obviously, that's not the case. Does anyone even have on the left a body language meter? They can look at a guy and say, this guy is out to lunch. Don't you care? You know, I mean, I care. Don't you care about America? How could you do that? How could you get somebody that just, without due process, without fair warning, just comes into office and just rips the jobs out from underneath middle-class taxpaying Americans, hardworking men and women, working the fracking fields and working the pipelines and the refineries just not no notice whatsoever they lost their job like boom overnight 
oil prices are going up. The gas prices, I was talking to my dad, you know, down in South Carolina. He said this gas station, which was one of the lowest gas prices in in the state that he knows of, right? He, uh, and he's, it was like 250 248 something like that. He said, and that's the cheapest price in the state. He said, but that one used to be $1.70 just a couple of months ago. And, uh, you know, and, that, and there are places now that are going up above $3 and $4 a, a gallon, depending on what state you're in, where you're located. And that's killing America's, you know. You take, you take that money that you want to give us, right? I don't want your money. I want my life back. I don't want the money. I want my life back. Because, you know, all the money you want to give me in the world is not worth me having to wear a mask as payment. You know, I, I, I'm not, I don't pay to play like that. And let's see. I was just how. So I just I just read this too. Lisa Booth wrote, "Why isn't the National Guard?" She says she writes this. Why is the National Guard? Oh well, I want to read David Wolf's too. We're going to just go through this list because there's so many different things I want to cover. But you know, David Wolf writes, "Breaking Poland takes massive action against big tech. We'll find them thirteen million dollars for every censored post." How do you like that? I mean, did you ever think that you would be living in a world anyway where you would be censored the way you are? I, I mean, I heard about this. I read about it in the history books. Dumb socialists, Democrats that want to be so intolerant. As, and I've known many people that have gotten fired for their conservative beliefs. And people, you know, and I have a buddy uh, in Philly that's a liberal and used to argue tooth and nail that Censorship didn't exist. Now, that was about 10 years ago that we had that argument. And we had that argument for probably 10 years. And he would deny it. He can't deny it now. I haven't talked, I don't talk with him as much anymore. But I'm telling you, trust me, it's been going on since Bernie, uh, Bernie Goldberg wrote his book, Media Bias, back in like 92. I was thinking about writing that same book, but I just wasn't mature enough to write the whole book. I wasn't involved. I was back in, still almost in, just out of college, really. But I wanted to write a book like that back in 1990. And, um, and you know, Bernie beat me to it. But, you know, the idea is, is I've been passionate about that subject for a long, long time. And it's come to fruition, really, because it's actually now out. Nobody can deny the censorship and and the bias. But Lisa Booth writes this. She says, "Why isn't the national Why isn't the National Guard still being in D.C. not a bigger story? Meaning, why are they still there? Wasn't Trump supposed to be a dic- be the dictator?" She's basically saying. Only dictators would have that kind of military presence around their place of work. And that's because they know that the fix was in and the people know that there was an injustice on 2020. I'm hoping and praying that SCOTUS, in their conference, decides to hear these cases and resolve and fix these problems. Otherwise, we're, we're, we're done as a country. 
So David Wolf writes, 46 residents in Spanish nursing home die after receiving the quaxine. 46 residents in Spanish nursing home die after receiving the COVID-19 vaccine. Huh? That was in uh, lifesitenews.com. That's not good. China is massively expanding its weather control project. Weather control. Hmm. And is aiming to be able to cover half the country in artificial rain and snow by 2025, the government said. They're also doing human clone engineering and uh, things that make their soldiers more durable. You know, so that's kind of a, a big deal as well. And uh, Terry uh, writes in, where is the military? How long are we going to have this farce? Remember, China owns Arkansas. You know what? That's funny you say that, Terry. He was in D.C. kissing Biden's butt. Um, Well, Terry just wrote that China owns Arkansas. Guess what? My dad, if he were to call in right now, he would tell you that they're buying up golf courses left and right. Uh, he told me this while I was down there. We were driving along these golf courses. They bought the golf courses out, let them grow out to be nothing but weeds, and they're going to build development properties. But there's a lot more going on in South Carolina than you can imagine. And you bet Lindsey Graham is right there, licking his chops, waiting for his first buck. But, yeah, there's a lot of fishy net, fishy business going on. It's not just what they're doing. They're sending people over to buy up property and live like middle-class people, but then they, they are compliant and get out of the way or that they're part of the plan. They're doing some stuff in America, China is, that's like going right after our Achilles heels. And these politicians are not protecting us. They're not doing right by us. They're being played, <clears throat> again, for personal gain takes just a quick buck for somebody to just say sure you know a million dollars makes a big difference for one small time politician but they have a powerful vote and a million dollars is nothing to the grand scheme for china so someone basically takes like a penny out of their pocket a rich guy takes a penny out and that penny's everything to you you know if i give five bucks to a homeless person that's going to make their day Five bucks can't get me through a day, but it can make that homeless person's day. So it's a difference. Well, the homeless right now are our politicians that are selling out for five bucks, and China's the millionaire with the five bucks. Um, here's another one. Ariana Love wrote, Sweden bans masks. No scientific evidence they prevent COVID. Huh. Uh, move to Sweden. Uh, since lockdown, diabetes victims up 86%, prostate cancer up 53%, Parkinson's has been up 79%, hey, breast cancer is up 47%, bowel cancer up 46%, lockdowns kill people. Does anyone care? They should. Face masks make you stupid. The Critic Magazine writes, face masks make you stupid. In Juiced Miralu's analysis of false confessions and totalitarian regimes, the rape of the mind, he coins a phrase for the dumbing down of America. Um, 
Uh, there you go. And then Dr. Andrea uh, Ariana Love writes, vitamin D will help a strong T cell response, which will prevent severe COVID-19 associated to an antibody response. Vaccines elicit an antibody response. Vitamin D elicits a T cell response. That's the difference. The data suggests that strong T cell responses can be found in patients with a broad range of clinical presentations, whereas strong antibody titrates are more closely linked to severe COVID-19. So basically she's saying that um, vitamin D would be a better solution to the problem than vaccines. The lockdown lobotomy. Lockdown may even be counterproductive to fighting coronavirus. That is, via stress, social isolation harms the immune system. Social isolation increases cortisol's levels, which make you fatter too, and activity in the hypothalamic-pituitary-adrenal axis, both indicators of increased stress sensitivity. Okay, so, you know, that's another good example, in my opinion, of why it is that we shouldn't allow ourselves to be locked down, but we're not allowed to really have a say. The Bradford File writes, Dr. Fauci has paid nearly half a million of your tax dollars per year to be right about absolutely nothing. Lisa Booth writes, has any government official done more damage to the country than Dr. Fauci? And... And then I wrote this one last week. It says, ever, ever get the feeling these guys, Bill Gates, Francis Collins, which is Fauci's boss, and Anthony Fauci himself literally get off on their ego trip annihilation of civilization? I, uh, I think that they do get off on it. Um, the Bradford File writes, if grocery store workers never took a day off, why do teachers need another year? And... He also wrote, who the hell died and made Bill Gates king? And Biden's COVID relief bill is costing every man, woman, and child in every 50, in America, $5,700, okay? And they're sending you $1,400. So there's a lot going on here. You know, we uh, basically ran out of time. There's so much more I wanted to cover. But I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, you've been listening to The Scott Adams Show. It's always a pleasure to present this show to you. Be sure to check out the scottadamshow.com, scottadamshow.com, for the latest podcast. This podcast will be up shortly. And uh, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye now. Town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in DC, but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. I grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there.